Sometimes I feel like I could uh, do with a remote control that had a mute button and just go mute. But um, I don't really uh, know what it feels like to have a remote control in my hands because uh, that's always in my husband's hands. I don't know if it's a male thing or what, but uh, last week he did go out and I managed to have the remote control. I did a little bit of channel surfing and uh, came across a show called Grand Designs. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's a um, lifestyle program on ABC where they follow these couples that embark on these ambitious, grand building designs. And this particular um, episode, it was this couple that um, embarked on a really, really ambitious building design and building construction. It took years to complete. And there were some ups and downs and twists and turns and, and amazing sacrifices that they made along the way. And at the end of that um, grand building construction, the interviewer sat them down and he asked them this question. He said, was it worthwhile? And if you had the opportunity, would you do it again? And without hesitation, they said, absolutely yes. Because look, we built something that is authentic, that's true to who we are, that's lasting, that's meaningful, and that leaves a legacy for our children and the generations to come. And as I listened to that, I thought, wow, that is so similar to what we desire to build as Jesus followers with our lives. Because our lives are always under construction and we're seeking to build something bigger than ourselves, aren't we? Something meaningful, something lasting, something that will leave a legacy for not only this generation, but for generations to come. And that's kind of the idea that we've been exploring right throughout the month of January. And Aaron kicked off um, this series, Laying the Foundation, excuse the pun, <laughs> um, with a great message. And he asked us a question, who do we need to become? And that was talking about building the um, character of Jesus in our lives and being before doing and then Michael followed it up with another great message, and he asked us the question, who is in control? Who is in control of our lives? Is God in control of our lives? And if he is, then that will change our perception, our perspective. And then Josh preached another great message last week, challenged us with another question. He said, what is in my control? What is in your control? And he talked about the blessings in boundaries, and then he gave us some homework. Now I can see you all squirming in your seats. He asked us to put some practical boundaries in place last week, two practical boundaries, in fact, that would help keep God in and help keep sin out. How did you go with that? Well, if you could leave your homework on the info desk as you leave, and we'll mark it during the week and we'll post the marks online, if that's okay with everybody. But we want to be doers of the word, don't we? Not just hearers only. We want to build it into our lives. So this week, I kind of want to wrap up this series by looking at the idea that we are all made on purpose. So would you pray with me before we continue? Father God, we thank you that you are the grand designer. You are the master creator of our lives. And we just lay our hearts before you afresh this morning. We ask that you come and build something new in our lives so that we may leave this place more like Jesus this morning. In your precious name, amen. 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 I want to start by asking you a question. What is your purpose? What is your purpose? 
Turn to the person next to you and say, what is your purpose? Now, it's a rhetorical question, so don't answer it now. But that question, what is your purpose, as I grew up in church, was bandied around almost as much as the question, how are you today? And the intensity in which it was asked almost made me nervous. What is your purpose? What is your calling? Are you chosen? Are we all chosen? What if I'm not chosen? What if I'm just ordinary? I want to change the world, but what if I fail? And they were the kind of the thoughts and the, and the fears, really, that flooded my mind at the mere mention of the word purpose. Something which, in theory, was supposed to ignite my heart actually paralyzed my heart. And I guess, we, along with that, when I heard the word purpose, I always thought that would have to involve some horrible sacrifice and some devastating suffering, and it would never, ever intersect with anything that I would enjoy. It would have to involve something that I really, really wouldn't like, like going to deepest, darkest Africa to be a missionary, or door-to-door -door evangelism, both of which scared me to the core. Now, looking back, obviously, I had a, a misunderstanding of the, the character and the nature of God in relation to purpose. And you might laugh, but I know that I'm not alone in this. Because I've journeyed with enough people over the years and I've chatted with enough people around this topic to know that in different degrees, we've all struggled with this idea of purpose. Because I think sometimes as a church, we've been guilty of over-spiritualizing and over-complicating the whole concept of purpose and calling. And to the extent that it's kind of tied us up in knots rather than freed us to be all that God has for us. So my heart's desire, this is my true heart's desire, is by the end of this message that not one of us goes away with any hint or sense of condemnation or dread when it comes to your purpose and your calling, but rather a fresh energy and passion, a fire in your bones and a freedom to release you into all that God has for you. Does that sound all right with you? Awesome. Because know this this morning, if you hear nothing else, know this, each one of you is here on purpose. Purpose meaning being named by God and designed for meaningful living. Being named by God and designed for meaningful living. You are not random. You are not a mistake. You are not an anomaly. You are deliberate. You are on purpose. You are intentional. You have been made on purpose. Now, if you're expecting to hear a seven-step message on how to find your purpose this morning and how to walk in your purpose, then I want to apologize in advance because I don't believe that there's a magical seven-step process to finding your purpose and walking in your purpose. Even though seven is a holy number, I'll give you that. But I don't believe there's a five or a six step. There's no cookie-cut way to living your life and fulfilling your purpose because we are each designed uniquely individually in such to live our lives in such a way that they express the love of God 
through the unique gifts and the unique skills, the unique abilities and even the unique perception of the world that each one of us has. You don't have to sacrifice your unique self in order to let the love of Jesus shine through your life. Some of you need to hear that this morning. You don't need to sacrifice your unique self in order to let the love of Jesus shine through your life. You know, sometimes we kind of have this warped idea that we, that we have to become like someone else in order to really find our purpose or in order to be really used by God. You know, if only I was like Mary. Mary just has this magnificent voice and, and she's so creative if I was like Mary, I could really be used by God. Or if only I was like Joe. I mean, Joe can just speak so eloquently and he knows his Bible so well. If I was like Joe, then I could be used by God. Well, guess what? Unless you're Mary or Joe this morning, you're not Mary and you're not Joe. You're you. And God intentionally designed you to be you this morning. He needs your unique piece of the puzzle to fulfill his purposes on earth. Do you know how frustrating it is to do a 300-piece jigsaw puzzle? Actually, I don't know how it is because I've got this slight kind of dyslexia when it comes to puzzles because I can't even do those giant 20-piece floor puzzles. I gave one to my grandson for Christmas and he said, come on, Nanny, come and help me do it. And I was like, secretly, I said, oh, no, I watch you because you're so clever at this. I, seriously, I, I just can't do them. But for all of you that can do jigsaw puzzles, how frustrating when you, you start to create this picture and you get to piece 298 and you put it on, you're forming this beautiful picture, 299, and then you reach for the number, two, number 300. It's not there. It's missing. How frustrating because the picture is not complete. See, while we're so busy projecting ourselves into someone else's story, we fail to see the purpose that God has uniquely designed for us to walk in. You are a priceless, imperative piece of God's puzzle to, picture, to complete the picture that he has for all humanity. Listen to what Psalm 139 says about you. This is speaking to you this morning. Oh yes, you shape me first inside then out. You form me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you, the days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. How good is that? God intentionally designed you. He's a master creator. You know, when he, when he was creating and he, and he got to Lucy, he didn't kind of go, oh, no, I've used up all my bits. Well, there's a few leftovers. I'll just chuck them in and, and that'll do. No, he intentionally designed Lucy with that big smile and that big heart that people are attracted to. He created her with that overcoming, courageous spirit because he knew what she would have to overcome in life. 
He created Lucy intentionally, designed her on purpose to walk the path that he has for her and for every single one of you in this room today. Your purpose shouldn't fill you with dread. It should make you come alive because it's yours and yours only. And it's not as hidden away as you might think. See, God's not this kind of cruel, vindictive God that makes us search all our lives for our purpose, for this mysterious purpose, only to find it on the day before we die and then we die. I mean, that's not our God, is it? It's in your bones, it's in your heart, it's inside you. What makes you tick? What makes you come alive? What makes you angry? What's that holy discontent that rises in you when you see some injustice or something that's not quite right in the world? What ignites passion in your heart? I love this quote. It's by Howard Thurman, and this is what he says. He says, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Now, you might be sitting there and thinking, well, I'm just not good enough for God to use. I'm just waiting to get my life in order. I'm just waiting to get my ducks in a row and my, my life all perfect. And I'm just waiting till I know a few more verses in the Bible and then God will be able to use me. Well, let's see what the Bible says about that kind of thinking. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 says this, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. I think that was a God word that God gave Josh before the, during the worship. God doesn't call you because you are strong. He doesn't call you because you're eloquent. He doesn't call you because you're good looking. He doesn't call you because you come from a really good family background, though in Josh's case that could be true. The only prerequisite for purpose is that you are loved by God. And guess what? We're all loved by God here this morning, so we all qualify for purpose. It's never been a question of do you deserve this? Purpose is a gift. So take it, embrace it, and steward it well. Because the outworking or the, the evidence of purpose is always love. It's always love. When Jesus was on earth and a group of Pharisees came to him and they said, what? they were trying to trip him up, and they said, what is the number one most important commandment in all of the laws, in all of the books of the prophets, what's number one? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And alongside that, love others as yourself. It's kind of a hint as to what our purpose is, isn't it? It's kind of a hint as to why we exist. I love the way the message version puts it. It says, these two commands are pegs. Everything hangs on them. Your purpose hangs on the peg of love. Love God and love others. So you know that however you walk out this call, however you walk out this purpose that God's given you, it should result in love all around. So what has been entrusted to you? What are the gifts? 
What are the abilities? What are the talents? What are the treasures that have been entrusted to you personally? Are you using them to love God and love others? Who are the people that God has entrusted to you? Not on accident, but on purpose. That's placed in your sphere of influence, in your world, in your community. Are you using the gifts and the abilities and the treasures that God has given you to love those people well? It's a holy purpose. Now, I know I said at the start of the message, I don't want anyone to go away feeling any sense of condemnation or dread when it comes to purpose. I still stand by that. But when you start to kind of feel that freedom and that kind of excitement about being able to, to walk in your purpose, to love of God, to love others, it doesn't mean that life from that moment onwards is going to be all rainbows and roses. Because if it is, you might want to pinch yourself because you might have kind of died and gone to heaven. But at last I checked, we're all alive here and we're still on earth. And like the participants in that show, Grand Designs, when you build something, it takes sacrifice, it takes discipline, it takes hanging in there when things don't always work out the way that we thought they would or they should. And as Jesus follows, it takes daily surrender to a loving God. But this is what that loving God promises, that he'll work all things together for good. There's a guy in the Old Testament. You may or you may not have heard of him. His name is Jeremiah. The Bible tells us that Jeremiah's purpose, his call, was set aside even before he was in his mother's womb. God said, you're going to be a prophet, which just means you're going to be a, a voice piece to the people. The only problem is the people didn't always want to hear what God had to say. It's kind of similar to today, isn't it? But Jeremiah embraced his purpose. He walked in his purpose, but it wasn't always easy. And on one particularly tough day, he felt the rejection of the people. And he says to God, why? Why did I have to have this purpose? Why did I have to have this call? Has anyone ever done that before? I know I have. Why can't I have their calling? It's so much more popular. And it just looks so much more comfortable, God. Grass is always greener on the other side, isn't it? And Jeremiah has this really bad day and he chucks this hissy fit and he says, that's it, God. And he says, I'm not speaking again. And then I love this verse. It says this, Jeremiah 20, verse 9. But if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak in his name, his word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I'm worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. Don't you love that? What's the fire in your bones? What's inside of you that you just can't hold back? Follow the fire. Pray and seek God. Ask God to ignite it with his love and his grace and then pursue it with all you have and don't give up when things get tough. I love this quote by St. Catherine of Siena. She says, Be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. Because life is short and you only get one 
So don't waste too much time kind of trying to figure out what I should do. Should I do this? Should I not? And tie yourselves up in in knots. Because I know personally I wasted way too much time being paralyzed in fear, wondering whether I was going to make the right decision in what to do with my life next. Should I go there? Should I go here? Should I say yes? Should I say no? Should I marry him? I think I made the right decision there. How do you figure out the right answers in life? Well, I'm not sure there's that many exact right answers in life, except to trust and have faith and have hope and to hold on with, to God with all that you have. Because listen to what he says in Romans 8.28. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Every detail. That means the good stuff and the bad stuff, the joyous stuff and the tough stuff. Every detail can be worked into something good for his purposes. So you can sit around for a lifetime waiting for that audible voice from heaven saying, go hither. Or you can wait for that finger to come out on the wall and draw the little map pointing as to where you need to go. Or you can actually just step out in faith and keep hoping and believing that what God has placed inside of you will somehow, some way, through different seasons in life in connection with different people, will be used to traffic the hope of God into a starved world. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says this, But you are God's chosen treasure. Remember right at the start, we said purpose, meaning being named by God. Well, this is God naming you here right now. But you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted one. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. And here's the meaningful living bit. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. That's his plan and purpose. To use you to restore and to redeem, to build, to make whole to open blind eyes, to unblock deaf ears, to awaken hearts to his love. You know, all last year, we referred to the catch cry, this is big, about having that big faith attitude in every moment, in every circumstance in life. And then we talked about falling in love with the process, not the product. And purpose is the same. Purpose is not something that you just attain. It's like, I finally found my purpose. And it's like a trophy that you shine up and it goes straight to the trophy room. (laughs) No, it's a process. And it's unfolding all of your life. You don't retire from purpose when you get to 80. Your purpose continues all your life. You don't have to wait till you're 21 to find your purpose. Your purpose starts and finishes right at the end of your life. There's always purpose unfolding. So what is the next step in your purpose? What's the next step in the process? What's the next step 
in that building that's under construction, building something bigger than yourself. Maybe it's making that phone call to enrol in that course that you've been really thinking about and you know that God's been prompting you to do. Maybe it's just making intentional time this week to sit with your journal and your Bible open and just talk to God about your future. Maybe it's making yourself accountable to somebody trusted in your world and chatting to them about your future. Maybe it's signing up to um, serve in an East Lake serving team. Because serving is where our gifts and our talents and our abilities are developed. And what better place than in the house of God? Because we're building something here, church. We're building something. And it's more than a church. It's a movement of people, undivided by culture or preference, united in our belief in Jesus Christ. Because it's our vision here at Eastlake that we would be a movement of people that put aside our personal preferences, put aside our culture, and pick up a sword and a hammer. Pick up those abilities, pick up those gifts, pick up those things that God has divinely woven into each one of us and fight the good fight to bring hope to all humanity because we love God and God loves us. And he's changed our world so much that we just can't help but tell others. Because we are Jesus followers. We are hope traffickers. And we are your local church. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to sing. We're going to see a victory. And I really believe that each one of us, if we take up our sword and our hammer, if we take up those gifts and those passions and our purpose, we will see a victory. We'll see a victory in our own lives. We'll see a victory in this church and we'll see a victory in our community and our world. So let's sing this. Sing it like you believe it this morning, church.